Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour. We got three topics for you tonight, and we're going to get it all covered. And hopefully Luke Braun shows up here any minute to help us out. So grab your Lake Monster beer and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Fresh off a victory over the Chicago Bears at home. We're four and one NFC North leaders as we head into a week five matchup versus the Miami Dolphins. This show, like every other show, is sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I have it up here right now. If you're in the Twin Cities, uh, make sure to check out their Monster Bash, Saturday, October 29th. Uh, doors open at noon, and they have live music, beer, all day long. So it should be a fun uh, a fun event to, to go to. I, I can't go. I'm out of town that day, but I, uh, I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of clips to, to sit and watch and, and, and listen to. So uh, tonight, joined by Miles, Ryan, Dave, and hopefully Luke Braun here pretty soon, but I just want to dive kind of right into it and and we can, you know, you guys can jump in whenever, but the topic I want to start on today, and I've gone back and forth if I owe Dalvin Cook an apology or not, uh, (laughs) because I've said in the course of this season that he's cooked, um, he doesn't look like himself, and then Sunday in the Chicago Bear game, we saw like glimpses of who he was in the past but yet he still wasn't like and I get the the game plan kind of went away and I don't think it should have I think it should have probably stuck more with Cook given how well they were performing in the first half but I don't know I I just can't quite put my finger on where I think Dalvin Cook is right now if if he's if he's actually cooked or if he's just getting used to this new offense I mean it's been five games yeah, I, I I used this analogy this weekend. I was on a, a golf trip with some some of my buddies. Um, hey, welcome, Jason. Glad you're able to catch us live here tonight. Um, uh, so I was out there with some golf buddies, and and I said that I said, dude, I think I think Cook is cooked. And and, and the way I tried to describe it is, we're used to seeing Dalvin Cook, and, and if we want to use cooking terminology here, we we're used to seeing him be like a nice medium rare steak, right? Just lean like, into just like, the analogies. Yeah, just like just like a medium rare steak, just perfect, right? Yep. Um, where I'm not sitting here saying he's well done. I'm not sitting here even saying that he's medium well. He, he's probably just at, at a medium right now where he's no longer, in my opinion, elite. I don't think that he needs to be in every down back like he has been over the last few years. But in these moments, like you, you watched and you said in the Bears game this week, he did split. Uh, I mean, obviously, he had the majority of the carries, but Alexander Madison came in and he played relatively well as well. And I think that's yeah. keeping Dalvin fresher. I think that's allowing him to keep the, again, the burst that he, the limited amount of burst he has. I don't think he has the burst that he can do this all game long anymore. Um, so are you are you are you saying that you that's kind of where like, I'm at? This is strategic by Kevin O'Connell, like almost preserving Dalvin Cook for later in the season. Absolutely. That's what it sounds like to me. Miles, do you got any uh, uh, food analogies you can throw at Dalvin yeah. Cook here? <laughs> no no food analogies, but there's a couple like comparisons. I, I look at like a Dalvin Cook 
So Dalvin Cook, very similar to like an Adrian Peterson in the sense that he's the kind of running back who excels with the, the more he gets the ball, the better he tends to be, right? Like most players, the more they get the ball, the more opportunities, you know, the more um, cracks they have it, at it. So um, Dalvin Cook's that type of player. He's the, he's the kind of guy, he's not really that good of a receiver, but he's the kind of guy you get him, if you make, if you build an offense around him, he's going to thrive. That's what, that's what Mike Zimmer did. That's what Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski, those offenses were built around Dal Cook. Well, we've inverted that now. And so it's become the offense is really focused on the passing game and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's become the, has become the Adrian Peterson. He's become the Dalvin Cook. He is the guy that sets the tone for the entire offense. And the other guys now are just the complimentary pieces. And so, um, I think Dalvin Cook, I don't know, again, I can't speak for Dalvin, but he seems like the kind of guy who's who's not used to it. Kind of like 2018, he kind of has to find himself into a get – him, get himself into a rhythm, kind of understand the, the tone of the offense. But I think the difference between Kevin O'Connell offense and the, and the John D. Filippo, for better or not, you know, whatever you want to say about John D. Filippo, I, there were some decent plays back in 2018. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell actually has a plan for his run game, which I don't think – uh, John D. Filippo did in 2018. I don't think he had any sort of like legit plan for how to how to like really develop a run game. And so um, I think you're seeing O'Connell um, build that out. And I think um, you're seeing Madison get those same opportunities as well. And I think Madison just happens to be a guy who has a little bit better hands and catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit better than Cook. Um, and so I think he's just going to get a little bit more opportunity there. Um, but I don't think he's cooked by any means, like kind of what Ryan said. I think he's more in that medium medium range, right? Like he's a guy that sells explosion. Um, you can see it. He's so good. He can still get to the edge faster than most guys. Um, but he's the kind of guy that you're not going to give him the ball 25, 30 times a game anymore. You know, maybe 15 ish, you know, 12 to 15 times a game he's touching the ball. And I think that's okay. I mean, I think he's kind of just at that point. Luke, welcome to the show. We are talking about, uh, whether or not we believe Dalvin cook is cooked and how Sunday's game <laughs> has at least me specifically a little bit more conflicted on how I feel about him because I saw those glimpses of eliteness as he was somewhat toying with the DB as he beat him to the edge for one of those touchdowns and he had some of that burst. So uh, we've, we've used food analogies. We've everything you can name, (laughs) but what do you feel about, what do you feel about Dalvin cook? Do you think he's cooked? No, no, he's got a shoulder thing. He's on a pitch count. They're taking him off on third downs. That's that's that explains like everything statistically. He's not running anything on any of the short, third and shorts or anything. He would usually be on those, <laughs> but they're taking him off for for every third down. Um, I mean, look at him run, man. He looks great. He's got the wiggle. Remember the one at the end of the Saints game, uh, with, which is post injury. Like he was, he was doing great. This is going to be a more pass heavy offense than what we saw with like Zimmer led teams, uh, and that's okay. Um, but uh, they got him running shallow crosses on mesh. He's doing awesome. It's just a different role. <laughs> and I, th- I think that that might be a part of it too, right? It's it's just a, a different way that we're seeing Dalvin Cook maybe utilized. Um, but but yeah, to your point, I, on Sunday, for sure, I, I definitely saw those glimpses that we were used to. Um, well, so. as, fan, as fans, like like we've mentioned, we, we spent 15 years watching the running back be the focal point of an offense outside of a couple seasons, yep. you know, 2009 yeah. with Brett Favre and 2018 essentially were like the two 2016 two because of the offensive line issues. Like those are like the three seasons in the last like 15 years that the running back has not been the focal point of an of the offense in Minnesota. So I think fans don't know how to act 
or, or react to it because we're just so used to seeing that that is the focal point. So we assume that means that player isn't as good as they used to be. And yes, I don't think Dalvin Cook is as good as he was a couple of years ago. That's fine, though. That's kind of the expectation anyways with running backs. But I think um, if he can just be efficient, I think, and still see some of those explosive plays, which, you know, like Luke mentioned, we're, we're seeing a few of those still. Too. So, but I, I do wonder how he handles a full season without being a guy that gets 20, 20 plus carries a game. Cause that's just not going to happen now. Well, and it's interesting the fact that, you know, maybe this is all part of the game plan. Like we kind of mentioned earlier, right? We're winning games with Alexander Madison, taking a good chunk of work off of Dalvin cook's plate and allowing him to heal, so to speak, obviously he's still playing, but um, allow him to not take so many hits on that shoulder. Maybe by the end of the season, he's going to still be relatively fresh compared to what he had been in the past and not breaking down like he typically would. Um, and, and that'll help us during the playoff push. Well, so so that kind of leads like me to my time, other question then. Oh, go ahead, Luke. Sorry. I, I feel like every time something's different than what we're used to, we find a way to make it. Is this cause for concern? Is this the yeah, new emergency? Exactly. It's, it's, no, they just we're a triggered want, fan base. We got to calm down. It's it's time, <laughs> it's a new staff. Embrace change. All right. Things aren't going to be the way they used to be. And that was the point. Yep. Well, I mean, things are not how they used to be as we've we're now four and one. I think Kevin O'Connell is off to one of the best starts for a, a new Vikings head coach in Vikings history. Um, so is this team legit then? Like, do we, do we believe that this team is a contender? Or I know last week, especially, we saw a lot of they're a fraudulent three and one. Now they're four define, and one. Define, define contender. Like, so people <laughs> say the word contender. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I agree. But like people say, people use the word uh, fraudulent or not fraudulent, uh, contender a lot. But what do you mean by the word contender, Matt? Contender for what? Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good question. Um, you're putting me on the spot here. I would probably just say like in contention for like, could they even win a playoff game or are they just one of those teams that's going to have like a good regular season record and then be bounced in the first round? Like, would you trust this team against playoff caliber teams? Can no, see one? but yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's, like, that, that's exactly it. <laughs> like we've seen one, we've seen, well, technically two, but one of them is, looks fraudulent too in the Green Bay Packers. And we saw them against the Eagles who are arguably the best team in the league. And we saw how that went down. Not That's not to say by January they're, the Vikings are playing that poorly against the Eagles, but um, it is one thing I do I do wonder about. Um, the the Dolphins this week are, is a little bit of an easier situation than we expected even a couple weeks ago, but um, I, I think – they're contenders for the North. I think I think winning the North should not be out of question in, oh, yeah. by any means. Not just because they beat Green Bay They're week one, but 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 because of of how poorly Green Bay's playing. And I think the Vikings, uh, not roster, uh, the Vikings uh, schedule. I just think there's like no reason that they shouldn't win the North this this year, which I might not have said like six weeks ago. Yeah, they were game up, and they got a tiebreaker on everybody. Get three and zero in the division should be. Now you're kind of downhill to to winning the division. Um, I feel like the game that answers this for us hasn't been played yet. And right. I know that's like a lame answer, but fast <laughs> Which forward game do you think to, that is? you know, I don't have the schedule in front Buffalo? of me. Probably Buffalo, maybe. Yeah. Or okay. sometimes it's a game. It's like 
against give me a division like a three or a four seed like somebody that's winning give me like the Cowboys. give me like the cowboys Cowboys are like two, two teams that like i think especially since they're both nfc teams they're teams that like there's talent there so like there might be a little bit of like back and forth with their offenses the, the Cowboys scare me a little bit because that defense is legit, right? Like mm-hmm. the Vikings yeah. over the last, you know, even just like even this year have struggled against defenses, like mediocre defenses. But how do they fare against like really good defenses? And how does O'Connell adjust to those teams like a like a Micah Parsons and, and that, that Cowboys defense? I think if you think they are a 500 team, fair enough. And they go 500 for the rest of the year. They are 10 and seven. That's in the dance. Let's see what happens. I mean, you just need a puncher's chance, right? I mean, you never know what happens in those playoffs. And, uh, and, and the way this offense – here's the thing that I guess I'll say. I haven't answered the question, right? Um, contenders or pretenders, <clears throat> it's very disheartening to see us not put – we're, we're winning. We're putting away these, these uh, mediocre teams, but we're not putting away these mediocre teams, right? We had a big lead against the Bears. We allowed them to come and take the lead. We needed a game-winning drive for Kirk to be able to do that, which, again, on the flip side – very encouraging to see Kirk go and win this game, right? Same with the Lions. We get down on the Lions, we come back, and we beat the Lions. Again, the unfortunate part is these aren't great teams. <laughs> these are teams that are 2-3 and three or 1-4, and four, and and so that's the disheartening part is we almost look like we're the best of the lousiest, but not we're definitely not – and we're likely going to be the lousiest of the best, right? So – it's a little disheartening to see that. So I, I would hedge more on the pretenders at this point in time until this defense can show that if our offense can get us a lead, they can they can they they can put up the wall so we don't have to worry about uh, a come come from behind victory against us. At least the NFC sucks. Like that, like that helps. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, the thing. Like, well, we'll make the playoffs. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly right, think we make the right. playoffs. I feel like there's one contender in the NFC, and we already played them. And they kick their butt. And how that, and how that <laughs> go? Yeah, I do I mean, want to see him in the I NFC Championship, I guess, because this is the only oh, good team. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> NFC East, the NFC East out of nowhere has has three teams that are you know have, have four plus wins. So it's a or was yeah four wins. So it's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, so it should I be think, interesting. Yeah, how Giants it all have more to prove to me than the Vikings do. Well, yeah, yeah, as I say, I there's another fraudulent, if you want to call us a fraudulent team, there's another one in the Giants that are 4-1 okay. and one as well. So it should be interesting how it all plays out. You know, I you look at, like, some of the different teams that are considered the top of the NFC, right? Packers, we beat them. Uh, the, the, the Bucks, they lost to the Packers, who we beat, right? Like, but... They also lost without like any playmakers on offense. So I don't know how legit that win was for the Packers. But, you know, I to your point, I don't know if there's anyone that I would say we couldn't compete with except for maybe the Eagles. And that's just because I saw us play against each other. Just wasn't our best game. Well, hopefully they lose yeah. a couple and maybe we can get home field advantage because I do think that that makes a difference for us as well. Well, and real quick to Ryan Mary, perfect question. Are we worried about the defense? Like we can segue Matt into that. That was going to be you know one of our last topics of the, of the night is yeah. this Vikings defense. I think the one thing that 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 like kind of similar to like the the offense that we just talked about, like the run game and the the pass game and like how fans are seeing different. The one thing that you're not seeing much different is the defense right now. The defense isn't much different now than it was you know last couple of years in 2020 2021. And I don't mean that like literally. I mean that in like yeah, there are some statistics that are different 
But like overall, the defense isn't as good, isn't good. But I think the one thing I, that I like, I wanted to mention is that like 75% of that defensive roster is, is a, is a holdover from the Zim, Zim regime. And I think the one thing that people keep forgetting is that the defense wasn't good the last two years under Zim and they kept majority of those guys. And then you switch the scheme. So you're then now asking a different head coach that isn't Mike Zimmer, who Mike Zimmer is still arguably one of the best defensive minds in, in football. You're asking a new defense coordinator to come in and, and be better than, than Mike Zimmer. And again, same, same player, mostly the same players, especially at the key positions. And um, I, I just don't think to expect like significantly better. It was like realistic for, for even an Ed Donatel. And I think he's a decent coach, but I think, I think he's catching a little bit too much heat because I just don't think some of the personnel he has is fully developed into his system yet. I think, again, you have a lot of guys that played five plus years in a four, three scheme under Mike Zimmer. And now they're having to switch to a three, four, like Daniel Hunter is still might not be Daniel Hunter at all this year compared to what we know, just because he has more reads. He has more like responsibility than what he had as a, as a four, three defense defensive end um, compared to an outside you know linebacker now. So, I just think fans need to be a little more patient about the defense, but we need the offense. The offense needs to be the one that like picks up, picks it up significantly and make sure that the, the defense isn't in some of these situations that we've seen over the last couple of weeks where they're letting teams back into the game because the defense isn't very good. So the offense needs the one that kind of needs to, you know, keep the foot on the pedal a little bit more and keep teams like, a, like the bears from coming back in games. Luke, you, you look at the all 22, I think more than probably any of us, um, what are your thoughts on this Vikings defense? Like, should we be concerned about them long-term? Or do you think it's another one of those things where, you know, I know Ed Donatel was just like, it, it takes time. And I think we even saw that back when Zimmer took over. Uh, it took a little bit of time for that defense to gel. Um, but but curious your thoughts on that. I think somebody in the comments just nailed it. Skull, TYA, catch something, said Harrison Smith said it. Uh, we're we're winning while we're learning. They are processing a lot. They are thinking a mm-hmm. lot, and it's making everything a little slower. And they're making a lot of communication based mistakes. What I've noticed the the mistake that I've noticed the most, and I you're guessing a little on this, so I don't know. I could be wrong, right? But my guess is it's a, a lot of it is in coverage adjustments. So you'll have your coverage rules, and then depending on what route combination you see, there can be adjustments to keep guys from being in bad positions that will kind of say, okay, I'll trade jobs with you because my guy's going underneath or whatever. And they've been screwing that up and that's been coverage busts. Coverage busts, the worst kind is when everybody takes the shallow and nobody takes the deep. Um, But sometimes it's everybody takes the deep, nobody takes the shallow and they just got a free seven yard completion and it's a more subtle coverage bust, but it still is one. That's been happening a lot. Uh, And it kind of doesn't matter who's, who looked better in college, who's got the best draft pedigree, who's on the biggest contract. If you miscommunicate, you miscommunicate. Um, you could have all pros all, all down the line. If they're not communicating, your defense is going to suck. Is going to suck. So uh, that's what's happening right now. In my opinion, it's been happening less and less. Um, rough day uh, against the Bears. <laughs> so that kind of bucked that trend. <laughs> But on the whole, I think it's getting just a little better all the time. It's going to be a slow burn to get better. But once it does, you'll be able to bust out some more creative and exotic stuff. And you'll be able to do it'll feel a little bit less like vanilla zone, soft, everything. Um, 
it, but that's going to take a while. And I don't think they get here. I don't think they get there by the end of the year. So I think we just live like this this year. You're just going to have to win games, you know, 35 to 30, um, especially yeah. as as games don't get like this, this Bears game. Everybody had eight possessions. It got that long drive at the end of the fourth quarter, just like sh- compressed the game a ton. Yeah. Um, but you're going to start seeing score lines like that. And that's just going to be how we live this year. And next year, I think you'd be able to see something a little better. But you also have a lot of guys that were drafted into a 4-3 and were meant to do 4-3 things that are doing stuff out of position. You might not have, we might be saying goodbye to some beloved names this offseason just because it's a fit thing. And you're not, they're not the player they were under Zimmer because they were meant to be a Zimmer player. And now they're sort of square pegs, round holes, doing their best. Uh, But they're going to be building something new here. That's what you get when you change staffs. You got to build it all up. Uh, Going back to that all 22 kind of concept there, Luke, um, we, we were talking about Dalvin Cook being cooked, right? We have some very expensive aging players on the defense that are also looking like "quote unquote" cooked. Harrison Smith hasn't looked himself again. This is all on. Ooh, I haven't watched any I All Twenty Two, right, so this is why I'm asking the question because I, I don't watch a lot of All Twenty Two. But it looks like, and it might be coverage or communication, but it looks like he's not always making the right play with, like, that we're accustomed to seeing in the Zimmer defense, right? Um, and we're not seeing the splash plays he makes. Same with Kendrick. Same with Hunter, right? So from the All-22 perspective, are fans wrong to be worried about these guys? I know we're talking scheme and whatnot. Are, do, are they, based on what you know, are they playing well and we're just not seeing it because of coverage bus? Or are they, are they not playing that well? I'm going to put it in terms, I know Matt's going to look. Um, imagine you were in a community theater production and you're oh, you were boy, running... <laughs> Let's say wicked, and you got to learn all the move. You got to learn all the lines, all the blocking, and everything. And you do great there, and you do so great, you get into you get a job doing another job and uh, another play, and they're they're running rent different play. Suddenly, you're not great right off the bat because you're learning new steps, you're learning new blocking, you're still learning stuff. That's what's happening with everybody. Eric Hendricks is making mistakes. He's not zoning off properly. He's, he's missing his landmark. There's miscommunications between him and Shannon Sullivan or Jordan Hicks or whatever. Um, those are mistakes, but when we say, is a player good, should we be worried about them? Well, should we be worried about him making those mistakes forever? Will he just never learn this? Hard for me to buy. Um, Harrison Smith, a lot of it is he's just playing on the roof. He's just there. It's very often that these safeties are playing really deep, taking away deep stuff. And the play just comes down to what happened somewhere else, right? Janet Sullivan screws up. There's nothing Harrison Smith can do about it. Um, but there's also times when it is his job and he's supposed to, you know, come down and make a play. And because he's still thinking and still learning and, and still kind of processing things with a new rule set, learning to think in a new language, maybe that's a better way to do it, to, to say it, then he's going to be a step late to it. And then it, instead of it being a contested catch, it's a catch and a tackle. And then if you miss the tackle, like that's a whole nother thing. And then you get, they've got all kinds of problems downfield. We saw Justin Fields take a lot of advantage of that, especially on the, the block in the back, the fields touchdown. Nobody, they weren't really, you can tell they haven't talked about how they handle things in the open field yet. Cause they're still just trying to get the basics down. <laughs> um, and so everybody's just trying to run and make the play. And well, if you're halfway decent at juking, you know, you're going to be able to get that guy off all the time. So yeah, that, 
long-term worried unless these guys stopped learning how to learn football concepts. No. Um, but what do you mean by long-term, right? You mean long-term, will this be fixed in a month? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) but are they players that are bad now and we have to cut them and, and should we start looking at safe, you know, should we start looking at, at Daniel Hunter replacements in the draft? No, that, that would just be needless panic. Sure. Well, hey, you know what? We already have a replacement inside here at Asamoa. Apparently, he looked pretty good on Sunday. He's gonna. He's he t- like- the coup is here. He's gonna start taking over. Uh, taking over Jordan Hicks. He started. He ate into his snaps. Kevin O'Connell even talked about it in uh, Wednesday press conference. So, yep, we're gonna get him in more, and that's not a sub package, baby. Let's go. Let's <laughs> oh, go. And, and a little speed Luke, on the Luke, field finally. Luke, Luke, Luke talking yeah. about like uh, the like core pieces on defense that we're so used to seeing make splash plays. Eric Kendricks, um, Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, a little different. I'll, I'll, I'm going to exclude him just because his position is like significantly different, but Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith played positions in the Mike Zimmer defense that were so important to how that entire defense like fit everything else. And this defense doesn't ask the same things of those two guys. Now there's a lot less like true responsibility the way like Eric Kendricks could shoot gaps in completely different ways that he can now. Harrison Smith played at the line of scrimmage a lot and was around the line of scrimmage blitzing and doing a lot of those things that they just, they're not asking him to do those things because of how the format, because of how the scheme is. And so the, a lot of the things that we got so accustomed to seeing those guys do, they're not being asked to do that. And so I think when we talk long-term, kind of like Luke kind of hinted at this, that's a part of why those two guys specifically might, might not be long for this team long-term. And I'm not trying to say, that's like a bad thing. That's just kind of where they're at. And so um, I don't like to look especially that far for their, ahead. Like, like, especially they're... for their price point, right? Like they're expensive uh, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm, and I'm not trying to look that far ahead. Like we're in the middle of the season. Like the Vikings are four and one. Don't want to look bleak. But like, I think that's just part of like where fans need to, again, like we got to readjust our like perspective or like our thoughts or like what we're thinking on like who should be doing what, because we're so used to like, Zimmer was here for eight years, seven, eight, whatever that was. Like we got so used to everything was the same for so long. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I mm-hmm. just think it's a new brand of football. Welcome to 2022. You know, we're, we're kind of doing modern football now. And so there's less of that smash mouth stuff and a little bit more of that like innovation. And so, um, yeah, I just think we just got to be a little bit more patient with like the defense specifically. One last call if you look on, at on the, the older. Um, if you look at the older media, like you know, the, like newspapers and stuff, <laughs> people, like how many Viking shows are there now, and and stuff like this, like live shows or podcasts or whatever. Everything I do, how many Vikings like things are around that were also around to watch Mike Zimmer build his. Most right. of this crap got started 2017, 2018, 2016, mm-hmm. where we were already well entrenched. So we have not seen this kind of thing in this particular context. I certainly have not covered a transition from one coach to another. Um, you know, la- last time we did this, I was barely watching. Um, <laughs> like, it's, not, yeah, like Miles said, <laughs> we, we got to be ready to to understand that Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith, perfectly good players, but a new staff's going to want to bring in their new guys every, always, right. every time, no matter who they are. And yep. that means saying Johnny goodbye Mike. to people who we might still like, and that's okay. Yep. Go, 
Anthony Barr, go be a Dallas Cowboy and prosper, and we love you. Um, but it's not about trying to retain every tiny little morsel of talent we have. If they don't fit, they don't fit, and they can go be good somewhere else. It's how the league works, and now we're bringing in our own guys. And look, you know, look ahead, not behind. I was going to say one last call here on, on the on the defense, and <clears throat> somebody alluded to to Booth playing on Sunday. Just just want to get your overall thoughts, and then we'll we'll do predictions and call it a show. But um, what do you think about the secondary? So, like Cam Dantzler, obviously, right now is riding a, a high um, after essentially sealing the victory on Sunday. Uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, I think mm. he's played fine, but. But, but what do you think as an overall secondary uh, now, especially since Lewis Cena is, is gone for the whole year? I'm tossing it well, to you, Luke. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, why I, w- I was uh, watching Cam Dan tape and lost track of time, and that's why I was late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, are we talking like how are they playing, or are we talking like – uh, how should we start looking at corners in the draft? Are you talking about like roster construction or I guess? Yeah. What's the, just how, just how are they specifically playing? What's the question? How are they playing? Not great. I don't love it. That's a lot of miscommunications. Um, I think Shannon Sullivan has been an abject disaster. Uh, getting beat. Arif the Hassan will love that. By Dur- <laughs> A reef. Can we, well, yeah, that's great. Hey, Luke, 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 Real quick, <laughs> can we talk about how, Terrible. Can we talk about the hardest position in, in football right now might literally be the nickel position? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that position yeah, is maybe. so hard. Like, I mean, corner I mean, is impossible. Like, yeah, corner is impossible. But, like, nickel seems to be, like, bad across the league. You might have a couple good nickel cornerbacks in the league, but everybody else is just bad. And that's yeah. not, like, their fault. It's just, like, that's how hard that position is. Especially yeah. when there's like Especially, slot receivers all around the league too, yeah. like, and then right. you're bringing the Justin yeah. Jeffersons into the slot. You're bringing uh, all mm-hmm. the elite talent that's great on the outside into the slot, so they can get off the number one corner. I mean, yeah, you're just you're just it's impossible. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, it's I would say the hardest position in in football is more specifically it's nickel, but it's nickel in like cover seven defenses, like what we just had with Zimmer because that guy also has to basically be adjusting coverages on the fly and halfway be a play caller. That's way even harder. Um, He's a linebacker. He's a a lot of communication. Yeah. 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 Which still a lot of communication. And I, and I, it's hard with the coverage busts because I can't know what the call was supposed to be. I can just know, okay, he thought it was that. And the other guy thought it was something else. And I don't know what it was supposed to be, but one of you was wrong. And Sullivan's just in a lot of them. So maybe everybody else is wrong. He's the only guy that's right all the time. I, I, I literally can't know, but I kind of think, um, yeah, there's that. I love how Cameron Dantzler has been playing. Not huge on how Patrick Peterson has been playing. Been burned one too many times for me. Looks a little old. That's okay. Um, you know, we're, we're paying for that. I think right now, I think we're getting what we're paying for out of him. And I am mostly pretty happy with the safeties. I think Cam Bynum's had a couple of moments if you really want to nitpick. And the way they're using Harrison Smith right now, I think will be one of those things that comes to more fruition when people stop screwing up all the time because he is doing the 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 like we safety roaming kind of thing, which is sort of like one of the biggest points of this Donatel scheme is to have that guy free a lot of the time. 
He's on the weak side playing quarter safety unless a second route goes uh, vertical. He basically has a lot of leeway to just sort of watch the quarterbacks and try to make a play. Um, and I think once Smith retires, Lewis seen is supposed to be that guy. I, I think that's the plan. But that's mm-hmm. what Smith is right now. It's just that we're not getting to a point where that's coming up because somebody screwed up the coverage or because Justin Fields just scrambled instead and it made it all moot. But that's one of those things that I think will get really cool once guys just screw up a little less. Yeah, well, and sure. I wonder I wonder if we can see some more improvement like snap over snap from the pass rush. I think that too could yeah. could obviously help. I think that's how important that's like the pass rush is that much that important in this type of defense, right? Like if we can because you're asking your cornerbacks to play off and play to to keep everything in front of them type of type of a defense and if you have a good pass rush or at least an elite pass rush, then you're going to make your corners look that much better. And I think that's where, like, I think some people are saying, oh, Patrick Peterson's fine. Well, he's actually not, but I think at times he's getting bailed out by, you know, a pass rush by like, Zedarius Smith, by uh, Dino Hunter a little bit. And so if we could get a little more consistent, even DJ Wanham, I think I think the one player, like DJ Wanham might actually really fit this defense better than most of the defenders we thought coming from the old regime. Like, I think DJ Wanham seems to have a pretty good place as a rotational pass rusher in this in this defense i'm not trying to sit, sit here and say he should be a starter or anything like that but i think he's flashed <laughs> even a little bit more than even even he did in the in in the past so um just excited to see that but i think we could get a little bit more get get home with the you know the front four front five you know type of thing i think then you'll see a little bit better coverage situations happen too for sure yeah i mean sure. th- this pass rush really needs to improve i mean watching justin fields have all that time with that line <laughs> that he has in front of him yeah. was was uh it's just very frustrating but um yeah i'm excited uh, i i really want to see um i, I really want to see andrew booth come in and it looks like he's finally healthy i want to see him get a, just a couple snaps see how he does um i i don't know if he's going to get there because he's he's been out for so long basically um this week uh, i don't think it's probably in the cards but hopefully after the bye week he maybe gets a little bit of run and 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 kind of see where he's at because again we all know me. I, I love I love uh, players with a little attitude. I love players with a little dog in them, and, and he's got that. And that might bring some attitude to this defense. That I mean, this defense looks dormant, to, honestly, to me. They look like lifeless. And you, maybe just a little energy from some of these rookies, like Asamoa and Booth, might be able to uh, light a little fire into, onto that defense and give them some confidence. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the team is going to likely face, is it Skylar Thompson? Is that his name? K-State. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> yes. Or or Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, either one I, I think I'd be excited for for various different reasons. But uh, let's let's get some let's get some predictions here and then and then we can call it. But does anyone know the spread offhand? I I, I haven't checked. Recently. Yeah, it's uh, Vikings by three and a half right now. Uh, Over unders forty five and a half. Interesting. Okay. Well, Luke, uh, this that's bet online. I don't know what other books have. This. Oh, you're doing. Are you doing a shameless plug uh, to your sponsor? No, that's just the one I have bookmarked because that's the one <laughs> I have to use because we that's the one we use for all the locked on shows. So that's the one I have like quickly on hand. But yeah, I don't know. You DraftKings or whatever. I'm not on locked on. Right? I can say whatever I want. <laughs> uh 
a, a simple text asking for a prediction turned into a, a full-on guest appearance by you, Luke. So I will let you go first tonight on your prediction for Sunday. Sure. Uh, I just recorded cro- my crossover, th- my episode for Crossover Thursday with Locked On Dolphins. In that we uh, put our brains together and figured out something like a twenty-three to twenty Vikings win makes the most sense. Okay. Any dramatic, like you think in a Greg Joseph field goal or maybe better yet, a missed field goal by the Dolphins to send it to OT. Cam Bynum picks off a Hail Mary, Josh Metellus style, but it was always going to be, but it was, you know, 16 seconds. They had 80 yards to go. It was always going to be, you know, one of those where it's like only the Vikings can screw this up and then we're relieved that they didn't. That's going to (laughs) be the the move. Miles, we get a live prediction from you this week. What are you thinking? Yeah, I do. I think the Vikings should win this game. I mean, you're going up against, a, a, as of right now, the third quarterback for the Dolphins. Yes, they expect. It looked like Tyreek Hill was a full participant in practice today. I mean, how much he actually practiced, whatever. But, like, they listed him as full. Um, him and Waddle, I do worry about because that speed, like, is unreal. And this defense isn't very fast. Um, Patrick Peterson, Cam Danzler, like, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, like those guys aren't known for their speed. Not anymore. Like Patrick Peterson, not anymore. But like, I'm, I'm worried about that. But again, if this was Tua, maybe even Teddy have a different conversation about how I feel about this game. But I think Skylar Thompson, just don't let anybody beat you deep. Like that's, that's essentially kind of what, what I'm asking for at this. That's what we do. (laughs) And that's what I know. Right. Like, but like, they've still been beat. Like that's like just don't just don't get yeah. you know like don't let Tyreek go seventy five right like that's the don't let Jaden Waddle go seventy five like those are the types of plays you can't have and so I mean I I do expect the Vikings to win this game I think the Vikings have proven that like they're a good football team um, I do wonder I think the Dolphins aren't like the Dolphins are obviously a good team they just they're just hurt and so it's a good test I think it's a good test either way I think the Vikings offense gets their defense I think um, the Vikings should be able to put up points. Um, so I, I'll say 27 to 17 Vikings. Okay. Okay. Ryan. God, I hate doing that. Oh, yeah. He basically <laughs> kind of took my what, score picking the Vikings. Just, yeah. It's not picking the Vikings. It's picking the Vikings like handily. Like that's, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's dangerous. Points, I would never yeah. do that. I mean, uh, at this point, I mean, 27, 24, 27, 24 Vikings. There Damn it is. It. I would say if we can't if we can't do if we can't put up that that kind of point spread against the Bears, I don't know how we're expected to do that against the Dolphins. But I guess they do have Skylar Thompson, but you know I don't know. Uh, literally, by the way, Skylar Thompson, I watched that guy for like six years play Oklahoma every year, and it was like literally there were games he'd throw the ball six times, and they beat us somehow because K State just has our number. Yeah, they're awful now. Um, at least this year. Uh, but what I was gonna say is, it's so seeing him in those preseason games throw like twenty four, twenty five passes and for like three hundred yards or whatever it was, I was very shocked. But um, I, I'm gonna go with the Vikings win. Um, I do think that their offense struggles just because Skyler hasn't played a, a number. One, I mean, I guess he did last week. But he hasn't really played a number one defense in in the league um, from from a starting position here. So. Narrow win, 24-19. They're going to go for a two-point okay. conversion and miss it, uh, be at 19 points, and we'll we'll uh, seal the victory there. That's a good prediction. I like that. 
24-19. Hmm. I think I, I do think we win. I think we I think we're going to be 5 and 1. Luckily, I, I I don't I think this probably should have been a loss had had Tua stayed healthy and what if the Dolphins would have continued on their role there, but I think we catch a little break which we kind of have all season. Uh but I I think that we barely squeak this one out and I don't think it's going to be a high scoring affair. I I'm th- I'm thinking like 1917. Um a lot of field goals again. Um, nothing to really back that up. I just it's how I feel. So <laughs> gotta go with the uh, gut sometimes, Matt. I know, I know. I've been I've been overly optimistic in the past, so it's about time. <laughs> you I, called, you the, called the for like four blowouts this year. Yeah, you called. Yeah, for and four how's blowouts. that gone for us? <laughs> None of them. Stop <laughs> like style. Four and one. Yeah. This roster does not blow out teams. Like that's just yeah. that's not who this roster is. Uh, they're not consistent enough. I love oh. how like we're so damaged by all these backup quarterbacks who have beaten us that like nobody has confidence. So like I, <laughs> you know, somebody saying the next Cooper Rush, you know, whatever. It's just like yeah, oh, like, we're just a beaten. They're fans. they are hell bent uh, on having the same quarterback play a whole game and practice a whole week for them, which they have not had in in two weeks. Like they're so yeah. burnt out by having like guys have to play without any practice reps. That's why like they could start Teddy and that's why they aren't because they like, they're like, no, we're going to have one guy and we have no tape on him. This is a a disaster waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, Luke, I want to thank you for, for hopping on tonight. Um, Shorter show than usual. Sorry, I lost uh, time. (laughs) No, that's, that's fine, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad you still showed up. So, um, Mm -hmm. Anything you're working on that you want to share with with the fans, and then we can send it to Dave to to take us out of here. Uh, yeah, of course you can find me all the time on Locked On Vikings. You can find that wherever you find podcasts. You can find the Minnesota Football Party as well on the Locked On Minnesota Sports feed. Um, you can find my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash NFL. Got the history doc from the off season up there. Now I'm doing tape breakdowns. Um, open it's to so the good. public. You can thank you. Uh, open to the public. You can find a Christian Derisaw breakdown and just watch him inflict violence on people for about ten minutes. And I'll have a Kirk Cousins one that'll be public by tomorrow. But for now, it's patrons only. Um, about some of the stuff he did pre-snap against the Bears. I, I I really think that he made that win happen before the snap a lot, uh, and it's really cool. So I dove into it. Sweet, sweet. Dave, what do we got the rest of the week? We have two old bloggers on Saturday, myself and Darren, both commenting on the Vikings publicly for over two decades. Luke talked about, is there anyone out there that went through coaching changes? Yes. I was blogging (laughs) way back then. Even had a chili meter when we were going through that firing. Back on Loof's locker room way back in the day. But, no, that's what we got. And then, of course, we have the post game on on Sunday. Final two minutes. We go live. And, Luke, I do like your uh, post game podcast as well. Oh, yeah, the postcast with uh, Sam Ekstrom. Yep. Also, you can find that on the Lockdown Minnesota Sports YouTube channel and on the Lockdown Vikings podcast feed. How are the bunnies doing? Doing great. Probably making a bunch of noise. You can probably hear them. Mm-hmm. Did they miss you when you were in England? <laughs> probably not. Okay. They go to a, a bunny hotel 
that spoils the heck out of them. So they're probably, they're thriving. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I mean, that's a real thing. A bunny hotel. N- well, not like it's a literal California. hotel, but it's the, the person, uh, I, like yeah, it, the person we adopted like a, them like a, from. It's like a kennel also, for bunnies. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you have a, a dog, charity. you can take your, like you can take your dog somewhere like to be kenneled for, or to like a certain place while you go on vacation or go out of town. It's like the same thing. Do that for any animal. Basically. I just never knew that that was like yeah. a that was a thing. I didn't know bunnies were so mainstream. It, <laughs> That's awesome. It, they are not, you and I do not think it's one? a thing outside of this particular person in Los this Angeles. One person. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. But that's what all we have, uh, Luke. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, Matt, Miles, and Ryan. As usual, you guys are doing great. And what do we say? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.